Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast with me, Phil Saker. Today in the passage that we're looking at from the Sermon on the Mount, we are thinking about Jesus' famous words about treasure in heaven. We should build up treasure in heaven rather than treasure on earth. Now what does that mean? And Jesus is really saying that there are two ways to live. And that is coming up if you keep listening, Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 24. But just before we get to that, let me remind you that there is more content available on the YouTube channel. We're currently drawing towards the end of the Firm Foundations course and we're looking at the moment about the Christian life and about how that works. And we were just thinking this week about peace and how we can know God's peace in any situation. Now that's only available on the YouTube channel. There's a weekly Bible study as well which I do live stream on a Wednesday afternoon and you might like to check that out as well if that interests you. And if you'd like to support Understand the Bible then do look at the page below with lots of information about it. And I will say again that this is this sermon is part of the Church with Understand the Bible series and if you'd like to know what that is then do have a look at the link down in the description below. Thanks so much for listening everyone. I hope that you enjoy the sermon and that it, uh, it's a blessing to you. God bless and I'll see you again soon. Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible Sermon with me, Phil Saker. It's for the 2nd of July 23 and we're continuing looking at the Sermon on the Mount today. Now over the previous few weeks we've been thinking about authentic religion. Now, how the, the religious devotion that we have, it, it should be directed to God and not done for the benefit of other people, which is how the Pharisees were doing it. They were doing it just for show, to win applause from the crowd rather than to win praise from God. Now, what we're going to be thinking about this week is how we actually live. So if the, the last couple of weeks have been thinking about the, in inverted commas, the religious uh, things that we do, what we're going to be thinking about this week is about just the, the rest of our life, how we should be living, spending our time and money uh, and all of those sorts of things. What should we be living for? Um, because God does care about everything in our lives. And that's something that's really important to understand, that God cares about everything. And not just about a small corner of our lives over here, you know, which is the church bit or the Christian bit but that God cares about everything, you know, that everything we do Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, not just what happens on Sundays, all of that sort of thing. Uh, so with all that in mind, let's read the passage and uh, then think about what God has to say to us today. So this passage is Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 24 and I will put the words up on the screen but do follow along in your own Bibles if you would like to. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 
Okay, well, what we're going to do is there are three short paragraphs in here, and what we're going to do is just work our way through, uh, through each one. Now, the first paragraph, Jesus talks about treasure in heaven, treasure in heaven, and this is quite a, a famous passage. And what he, he does is he contrasts the treasure that we have on earth with the treasure that we gain in heaven. And he says that the, the treasure on earth, it can be destroyed. It can be destroyed by moths or, or vermin, or it can be stolen. Now, of course, Jesus is talking about uh, earthly things here, you know, like um, clothes can be eaten by moths, uh, money can be stolen, all of that sort of thing. You know, that anything that we have on earth can be destroyed somehow, it can be lost. So anything in, if you like, any earthly treasure can be can be taken from us. By contrast, treasure in heaven is not like that. He says, uh, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So he says that treasure in heaven is of a different kind. It's, it's a kind which can't be taken away from us. In a sense, it's a, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? If, if you're looking for a secure investment, I know a lot of people, a few years ago, I had to choose um, for a pension fund what kind of funding I wanted to go into, how much risk I was willing to take, because the higher risk funds made more return, but you were also more likely to lose money. Um, and that's, that's always the trade-off that we have to take. But imagine that there was never a chance of losing what our treasure, losing what we, we gained. That would be the, the no-brainer, wouldn't it, to invest in. And that's what Jesus is saying here, that you know, treasure in heaven is the no-brainer. Now, just before we come on to what treasure in heaven is, I think it's important to say that Jesus is, is not saying that we shouldn't uh, work, work and save, you know, that we shouldn't be careful um, with our money. Um, so it says, for example, in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 8, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So Proverbs says, look at the ant. The ant is a hard worker. You know, it works hard in the times of the year when it can work, stores away its food for the winter time, and then it has enough provision. So that's a, a model for us, you know, that we should use our time and money wisely and so you know earning money saving money is not a bad thing of course that's you know Jesus is not saying that um, and actually it says uh, later on in uh, in the Bible in um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 there's a principle which is often which is often overlooked I think 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 7 to 9 for you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, labouring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. That's what the apostles said. 
and I think that's uh, that's a very you know sensible thing you know that we we work to earn we earn our keep we earn money and then we can be generous with that money as well so Jesus is is not saying that any of that is a bad thing you know earning our keep paying our way um, you know and, and giving you know using the money that we've earned to give as well to be generous none of that is a bad thing what Jesus is saying I think the key is in verse 21 where he says this where your treasure is there your heart will be also so what Jesus is saying is that uh, the, 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 the key thing is what do we love the most that's what Jesus is saying what do we love the most think about it think about all of the the advertising that we are bombarded with today you know we are constantly bombarded with adverts and things trying to make us unhappy with what we've got and you know many adverts they they really try to to drive home the message that you will be happiest when you are buying our product don't they you know that you're not going to be happy you're not happy until you buy what we're selling then you'll be happy and uh, advertising is very clever about trying to get that and and it, it tries to appeal to our desires to what we really want to what we really love and this is what Jesus is saying is what do we love the most do we love earthly things the most or do we love God the most and in fact people as well rather than things which kind of leads us on to to that question of what treasure in heaven actually is and I believe the answer to that is is found in uh, in uh, John's gospel John chapter 15 verses 16 and 17 this is what Jesus said you did not cho uh, choose me but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you this is my command love each other so Jesus says he chose you and me to bear fruit that will last fruit that will last it sounds a bit like treasure in heaven doesn't it and that fruit he says is uh, to love one another it's the, the the deeds of love I think that means you know our godly character our godliness it means um, the love that we have for God the love that we have for others you know, all of that is, is stuff that will last because we will last into uh, eternal life if we believe and trust in the Lord Jesus and that the, the things that we do to, to, to live in that way now will, will last I think it's about people rather than about things and that's the key really treasure in heaven is about you know what God values in us which is godliness which is righteousness which is love not all of the the material things that we have whether we have a nice house a nice car money in the bank and, and all of that none of those are bad things in themselves but if we prize that more than we prize godliness then that's a problem and that's what Jesus is saying so Jesus moves on to talk about the eye he says the eye is the lamp of the body uh, and if your eyes are healthy your body will be full of light but if your eyes are unhealthy your whole body will be full of darkness and if the light within you is darkness how great is that darkness 
Now, what does Jesus mean here? This is one of those slightly puzzling uh, passages that always has been to me. I think what Jesus is talking about is clearly not physical sight. You know, it's clearly not talking about um, being able to physically see, but rather I think he's talking about a moral spiritual sight. You think back to the Garden of Eden, you think about when uh, the Satan tempted Adam and Eve to eat the fruit and it says when he'd done that it said the, their eyes were opened, their eyes were opened and they knew good and evil. And all through the Old Testament there is a, a phrase which is very common which is that may, may I find favour in your eyes, may you look upon me favourably. And I think it's the eye is to do with our perception of the world around us, particularly thinking about what is good and right and what is not, what is evil, knowing the difference between the two. So knowing the difference between good and evil, I think is um, what Jesus is talking about here. And in the, the, um, the Gospels, blindness is often used as kind of a, uh, as a metaphor for, for unrighteousness and for the inability to see Jesus whereas sight is um, about being able to see Jesus, being able to see God, you know, being able to see what is right. So, for example, in John's Gospel, John chapter 9, verse 39, Jesus is um, talking to the, the Pharisees and he says this, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. So Jesus came to give sight to the blind, those who did not know what was right and wrong, did not know God. He came to enable them to see. But it says so that the, uh, those who see will become blind. Those who thought they could see, like the Pharisees, would actually be shown up to be blind after all. So that's why Jesus came into the world. I think there is another, uh, another aspect of this as well, which is... You know, being able to see God is uh, being able to see God working in our circumstances, being able to see with eyes of faith rather than eyes of, uh, of unbelief. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, For we live by faith, not by sight. So sight and faith are often put as opposites. You know, that we live by faith, not by sight. That by faith we see God at work in the world. We commit ourselves to doing his will, even though we can't see him. And we commit ourselves to doing what we believe he's calling us to do, even though it may, from an earthly perspective, not look like the most sensible thing. And there are lots of examples for, uh, of that. And uh, we don't have time to go into all of that now. But I think one thing which demonstrates this is how we deal with adversity. How we deal with adversity kind of shows whether we are seeing with the eyes of faith or seeing with the eyes of unbelief. I was um, thinking for some reason about this uh, recently, um, some years ago now, quite a long time ago, our next door neighbour at the time went on the TV show Deal or No Deal 
and so I, um, you know, I, I was watching Deal or No Deal. It's not a, not a show that I I normally watch, but because uh, she was on it, I thought, well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll watch it. And um, before she came on, there was another chap who played Deal or No Deal, and he it sort of came out in conversation that he was a Christian, and I think he went on the show to try and win some money for his. Um, one of his children, I think, who was getting married. So, you know, it was um, sort of got, got people on board. But um, you know, it came out that he was a Christian. But then at the end of the, the game, and unfortunately in, in the show this can happen, that it, it, he ended up getting nothing at all. You know, he, he, he lost everything, he lost all of the, the money. And he just kind of shrugged and said, well, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. And, and that was it. And there wasn't any kind of drama about it. And I just thought, wow, that was a real testament, you know, to faith in that, you know, he'd been and, and done this and, you know, it hadn't worked out. And he was just able to say, well, it wasn't meant to be. God didn't intend it to be. And that was that was the right thing. And, I, you know, I just think that is the, the thing we're seeing with eyes of faith, that when bad things happen, we don't despair. We don't instantly go down the, you know, throw all the toys out of the pram, you know, kick up a fuss. Because we know we can trust that God is working when we see with those eyes of faith. So that's, um, that's that second paragraph where Jesus talks about our eyes, how we see. And then he goes on to talk about our masters. He says, no one can serve two masters. Um, and he says, you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. So really what Jesus is saying is that it is a binary choice. It is either one or the other. You can't sit on the fence when it comes to God. Either we'll love money and possessions and status and all of the things of this life, or we'll love God and we'll love others and we'll love his God's ways of righteousness and peace and, and all of those things. It's one or the other. You know, it either has to be God or the world. That's what, uh, that's what Jesus is saying. And this is what it says in, um, elsewhere in the New Testament. So, for example, in the book of James, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, James says, uh, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Anyone who chooses to become a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. That really what Jesus is saying is that the world has a different agenda to God. Now, the world's agenda is to gain as much as possible in this life, is to gain money, is to gain status, is to gain power, is to gain earthly things, possessions. But God's way is to love. God's way is to love him and to love others and to, to sit lightly to the things of this life. You know, that sometimes we'll have a lot, sometimes we won't have so much, and it doesn't matter so long as 
God is looking after us. And we'll come on uh, next week to be thinking more about our the physical uh, possessions and things that we have. It made me think actually of John Newton's fav- um, famous hymn, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken. But in the final verse of that hymn, it finishes, Fading is the worldling's pleasure, all his boasted pomp and show, solid joys and lasting treasure, none but Zion's children know. And what he's saying there is that all of the the, the things of this world, all of the, the money and possessions and status and power and all of that of this world, they're fading. They will fade away with time. But solid joys and lasting treasure, none but Zion's children know. Only those who know God, only those who know Jesus will have lasting treasure. And that's what we need to be committed to. I find it quite ironic, actually, thinking about this hymn, that um, this hymn was one of the ones sung at Pippa Middleton's wedding. You know, Pippa Middleton, um, the uh, sister of Kate Middleton, who is now the um, the Princess of Wales. And um, I don't normally follow such things, but um, I, I um, the, the vicar who took the the wedding was a, a vicar that we formerly vicar of her old church. So I sort of I, I was just quite interested. Uh, but they had this hymn at the wedding, and then you think about you know the wealth on display in this little church in the middle of the, the countryside, you know, a small village. The wealth on display, the power on display, the earthly power, and there they are singing, all of that is fading, that only those who know the Lord will know uh, lasting joy and treasure. And, you know, who knows, maybe that's exactly why uh, they chose the hymn. I, I'm not privy to their, to their reasoning. So let's draw a few threads together as we come to the end. Really, Jesus is telling us that there are two ways to live. There are two ways to live. One way is for ourselves and for worldly pleasure. That's the first way. That's possible, but Jesus says it doesn't last. Those who live for for money, for pleasure in this life, for um, you know uh, status, for power, all of those things, it doesn't last. And we know that, don't we? You think about, for example, the Egyptian pharaohs, you know, who built the, the, the pyramids, who, you know, these tombs for, for their pharaohs. Think of Tutankhamun's tomb and the, the, the splendor of the artifacts found there, the gold and the costly artifacts that were found. And yet he's dead. And that's the thing, isn't it? You know, that he had all of the, the riches of Egypt poured into his his death but he's dead and that's something which is all of us uh, come to at the end of the day however much we have you know what they say you can't take it with you which is very true and death at the end of the day will be the final moment where we're able to to enjoy all of the things that we've accumulated in this life Uh, I think uh, you know these days about um, celebrities as well you know, like um, we've had a lot of um, celebrities who've passed away over the last few years. One of the, the notable ones, most notable, was um, David Bowie, who died a few years ago. And 
I remember hearing on the radio again you know, and on the TV that they kept on talking about David Bowie and about his impact and so on. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he was someone who was a, you know, perhaps a, you could say a giant in, in music through the 20th century. But he's died, you know, he's dead as well at the end of the day. That what legacy does he leave? You know, his music, yes, but what, what does the possessions that he had mean now to him? So it is possible to live for... Um, for ourselves, for money, for wealth, for power, all of that, but it doesn't last and ultimately we will be separated from it by death. But if we live for God and for his will, then that will last forever. If we live in accordance with Jesus's teaching, if we repent of our sins day by day, turn to God, live in his ways of love and righteousness, then we will reap treasure that will last forever because it will be a treasure of, of godliness, it will be a, a treasure of, of people that will last forever. Someone who really understood this was a missionary called Jim Elliot. Now he was a missionary who he, he um, felt God was calling him to, I think it was um, Guatemala, somewhere quite isolated, that a tribe that hadn't been reached before. And he was only in his you know, mid to late 20s, I think. And he had a young wife, he had a, a very young child together. Um, but he felt that God was calling him. So they, they went to this area by plane, they dropped gifts and, and, and things. And, and then one day they, they landed and they met um, a member of the tribe. And they said, well, we'll come back next, uh, next week. They came back and they were ambushed and killed by this tribe because the man had basically told them that they were, uh, told the rest of the tribe that they were a danger. So Jim Elliot was killed because he was trying to reach people with the good news of Jesus. But before he died, now he knew what he was up against. He knew that these things could be risky. And before he died, in his diary, he wrote this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I think that's a profound insight about the Christian life. That yes, you know, living as a Christian does mean that we, we're not living for ourselves. We're not living for, for money. We're not living for earthly possessions. It doesn't, that means that we might not always have the biggest house or the nicest car. Um, you know, God does provide, as we will see. But, you know, we're not living for the, the biggest and best. But at the same time, we're gaining what we cannot lose. And that's something which, is, which outweighs anything that we might gain in this life. And, you know, Jesus says, what good is it to gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? And that's, that's the thing here. You know, that it's, it's the world on one hand and it's our souls and, and God on the other. We have the choice. And Jesus is saying, choose God, choose to follow him, choose to, to gain treasure that will last forever. And that's when we do God's will, that's when we commit ourselves to his ways. Let me finish by reading a, a, a psalm or part of a psalm. This is Psalm 49, which is a, one of the um, wisdom 
psalms. It's kind of a, a meditation, really. It's not a prayer. It's a little bit different to some of the other psalms, but it's about wisdom and it's about looking at the world and saying, this is how, how it is. And this is something for you to think about. So this is Psalm 49, verses 13 to 20. Let me read this out. This is the fate of those who trust in themselves and of their followers who approve their sayings. They are like sheep and are destined to die. Death will be their shepherd, but the upright will prevail over them in the morning. Their forms will decay in the grave, far from their princely mansions. But God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely take me to himself. Do not be overawed when others grow rich, when the splendour of their houses increases. For they will take nothing with them when they die. Their splendour will not descend with them. Though while they lived they count themselves blessed, and people praise you when you prosper. They will join those who have gone before them, who will never again see the light of life. People who have wealth but lack understanding are like the beasts that perish. That's the thing. When we trust God, we're not like the beasts that perish. You know, we don't have wealth but no understanding. But we will be redeemed. We will be with him forever for eternal life. And that is treasure in heaven, treasure that will last forever. And that's what we need to choose. Let's take a moment to pray as we close. Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks for, for this teaching. And although it is a, a hard teaching in some ways, we do give you thanks, Lord, for the encouragement it is to carry on with Jesus. And we pray that you would give us the strength to serve, to serve you and to serve him every day and to be able to commit our lives to, to you, whatever the cost. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to seek to gain treasure in heaven, treasure that will last forever, where we will be with you for eternal life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.